Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Joe Dorowski, and you can hear me over at The Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character in a great story. Alrighty, thank you for joining us this week, Joe. Thank you for having me on. Um, what's your uh, what's your relationship like with Batman v Superman colon Donna Justice? Oh, you said the whole thing. I said the whole thing. <laughs> uh, this is one of the most painful films I've ever seen. <laughs> That's painful? my relationship with it. Yeah, I I saw this in the theater and I thought, what in the world am I watching for almost the entire film that I was seeing it? And I consider it one of the least rewatchable films ever made. In fact, I want to be positive. So I was looking for good things as I watched uh, these minutes. And then I started watching the movie again. And I had to stop watching so that I could stay as positive as possible. Because I was just getting angry at my screen as I was watching it. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Star Wars Minute, they sometimes have a guy named on, uh, on named Chris Radke. And he hates the prequels. And he will go on to rant anytime they mention doing the prequels. Or try to do the prequels about how they're garbage. And I don't want to be that vociferous about Batman v Superman, but boy, do I not like this movie. Let's do it. Let's sometimes, go. Kick it into high gear. Sometimes I think of like something as being painful, but in like a good way. Like, oh, that's so sad. And, but like, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll just get right into it. Um, th- today, this minute's uh, we're doing minute number twenty-one of Dawn of Justice, and it's going to start with two officers watching a college football game from the monitor inside their car, and the minute ends with the two officers entering an an abandoned building. Um, Before we jump right into the minute, uh, we're going to go ahead and read off some reviews that we've gotten on our iTunes. And basically, listeners, um, every time someone leaves us a five-star review, um, we give them a shout-out, we read off what they've read, and we just kind of acknowledge them because they're acknowledging us and it's a very nice thing that they've done. So today we're going to read off a review and then we'll, tomorrow we'll read off another one. This first one comes from shivering King eight and it's analyzing a growing movie universe. Um, the comment says Mark and Nathan do a great job breaking down every detail in the ever expanding DC cinematic universe and have great chemistry that makes even the movies. I'm not a big fan of really fun. So there you go. We do have listeners that don't like these films as much, and they and they love us. So that's all that matters. All that matters. All, <laughs> all that matters. I have like an accent right at it's the end. All, all my matters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This is the college football games. So yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, this minute that we're doing today, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this one. I think there's yeah. I think over five Easter eggs. Um, and for the most part of this minute, the first 46 or 45 seconds is all from the Ultimate Edition. Um, it's not until the uh, 42nd, 46th second does it cut into what was in the theatrical release, which is just the, bit, the bats coming out of the chimney. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, we're introduced to two cops here. They're watching a game. One officer is called Officer Mazzuccelli. Mazzuccelli. And the other officer is Officer Rucka. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
Mazzuccelli. I think I spotted some of the Easter eggs you were mentioning. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys do you guys want to take a crack at some of the ones that we've seen here? Yeah, go for it. No, you guys do it because uh, I I could talk all day about all of them, but oh. I'll s- spread the wealth here. Yeah, uh, J- Joe, you're up. Uh, Mazzuccelli is the artist of Batman Year One, one of the iconic stories, and he also recently put out a great graphic novel called Asterius Polyp that has nothing to do with Batman, but you should all go read it. Oh, I, I definitely yeah, will. that's fair. I mean, I wrote down Daredevil <laughs> in the '80s as well okay. because I feel yeah. like. Just because it's there not DC related yeah. doesn't mean you can't like honor that he did such a great run, you know. Yeah, he he is an iconic comic book yeah. artist. And then we can follow it up with Greg Rucka. Yeah. Well let me yeah. just say that Officer oh. Mazzuccelli um was played by Kiff Vanderhoovel. And it just his name's Kiff? Kiff. K I F F. F F. Is that short for something you think? That's no, that's that's fine. Just the way it is. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can I get an extra F on that end? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about Officer Rucka, Nate? No, I don't have any notes for it, so you got to... Does it not ring a bell with that, that last name? Greg no, yes, Rucka. Greg Rucka, yes. Okay. I, I said, yeah. Do you want so. I wrote down, for like his bibliography, I just wrote down a lot of Batman. Like, yeah. bolding <laughs> that's, that's all you, that, a I mean, lot. I didn't want to say that because I and felt like we should have been specific, but... Well, I did write down, like, <clears throat> he worked almost like 11 years... On Detective Comics, on and off ish, writing for it. And was he was he the main writer on GCPD when they did the Gotham City Police Department series? Yes, that sounds. That's what right. I remember. That sounds. But right. I haven't checked it. Yeah, some of the ones that I wrote down was like Shadow of the Bat and some other mm-hmm. things. But I, as I went through it, because I was going to be like, oh, okay, so here's a Batman title he worked on, and then I was like. And it's just, just, list it just keeps going. going. Yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a Wonder Woman run in there in the 90s that he did. Um, but yeah, just just a lot of Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you you could like throw a dart at a bunch of Batman titles and like and it would just it. be Greg Rucka. Yeah. <laughs> and he is played by Mason Hager. Ha- H E I D G E R. Hi, Hydra? Hey, Hydra? Hydrant. Fire Hydra. Hydrant. Mason <laughs> Fire Hydrant. The Mason Fire Hydrant. It's like, there's definitely a kid who, his dad was a firefighter. And a masonry. Yeah. <laughs> so is it good to have a fire hydrant near those kind of workshops? Probably, right? No, because you don't want the kid's last name to be Fire Hydrant and then get mixed up. Uh, so wouldn't he call him, why would he call him by his last name? I don't know. Yo, Fire Hydrant, get over here. There's a firefighter. They call everyone by their last name. <laughs> Right? Isn't that what firefighters do? I love that idea of a fireman having a child and he names him Fire Hydrant. There you go. Um, they're watching this football game, which I guess this football game was it was the very first thing that they started filming when they started this, the production of this film itself. It was like, all right, first thing we're going to film is this football game. It's a football game. Um, and without this extended scene in... The ultimate edition. The only time we really see this football game is on the background TVs at the Daily Planet, and it's not given as much as a, a focal point as it is in this minute. So, when I was like getting all up in the rumors of like Donna Justice and stuff um, before, I learned to not do that because that's not how you should live your life. Um, <laughs> I always thought this was going to be like 
the introduction. You know how like the Indian Ocean scene, we thought that was Aquaman and Wallace or Wally was like going to be Wally West or something and you know all that stuff. We all we thought that guy named Jimmy Olsen was actually Jimmy Olsen, but it wasn't Jimmy Olsen. It was just some CIA agent, you know, Talon. Yeah, it was Talon. Remember that? Yeah. So I thought this was going to be like, oh, Victor Stone's going to be the quarterback. This is going. I thought he was going to shit. Like yeah. we we're going to see like maybe his number or name. Like on the that was the guy throwing the touchdown in this yeah. minute. Like no, that's not it. So, so um, there's, there's nothing. No Vic. No, nothing. And again, like I said, if you don't have this minute because you're watching the theatrical release, yeah, this whole big deal that like this was the first thing that they filmed for the movie was like not even really in it. So it's like, yeah, what? It just seems kind of like um, a missed opportunity, but not really. It's a missed opportunity for fan service, I guess. But oh, yeah, but now that we, you have, know, what it's not a missed opportunity for. What's that? Very subtle imagery. Yeah. Very subtle subtext. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it's. So was that the trade off? Was it like, should we have it as a visual? Uh, no, see, I don't know. That's, that's just silly. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things to take away from this football game. Um, first of all, it, the two teams, Metropolis State versus Gotham City University. Um, not to be mistaken for Gotham State University, which is where Harleen Quinzel is a, yeah. an alumni from. Alumnus? Alumnus? No. She graduated from... Alumnus. Yeah. yeah. Is alumnus... A, that's... That's the singular. That's the singular. Oh, okay. And then alumni, yeah, yeah, yeah. like cactus and cacti. So how come... Nah, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Anyways, Harleen, Qu- Harleen Quinzel graduated from Gotham State, not Gotham City. And Gotham City is the one playing in this football game. And then we have Metropolis State. Um, it's just Metropolis State. I don't I don't know much else about fake colleges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I guess, them playing each other, I guess, is a metaphor? Uh, some sort of... Well, especially the fight at the end. Yeah. And, and the announcers say, oh, no, it's going to be a bad night or something like that. Yeah. Wait, what are the, things are going to get ugly in the city tonight? Yeah. Yeah. What are they Did um, it feel like to you guys that this should have been NFL teams instead of college? Like I was surprised when it said college cuz I kind of associate like city rivalry and that kind of provincialism more with NFL cuz the college ones tend to be more like fan base which isn't or, or you know alumni of the schools which isn't always like the entire population of a city but the city versus city rivalry has always felt more pro team to me I don't know well, over here it, it seems like there's a lot of popularity for college football I will say that it's uh in context of what's going on on the field like gameplay wise you could only really have a college team do what they're doing which is beating a team 58 to nothing yeah there's 14 seconds left in the very like just for the game well, i don't itself. know the cleveland browns exist in the nfl <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like is is like the pittsburgh steelers are they gonna throw another touchdown with 14 seconds left or are they just gonna well take is there a league? college team that would really do that either alabama yeah <laughs> yeah okay fair fair enough <laughs> they'll keep going or yeah uh, just teams yeah wherever lane kiffin is coaching yeah <laughs> just wherever like those really good teams at Ohio State. No, Ohio State, Ohio State is uh-huh. extremely conservative, so they wouldn't do that. Um, no, they did just win, I think, 49-13 to 13 over a team or something like that. It's okay. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Football. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was a date thrown out there. Well, a number. I think it was a, the address of this, uh, this building. 
1939 Harmony Harway Harborway. 1939 Harborway. Just the date, 1939. You know. What about that date? This is the first comics boy. Ba 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 bow. There you go. <laughs> um, they also. It's just a con- that date just always shows up and everything. That, that's not the first time something has been. There are so many numbers in this minute. Yeah. I mean, there's that one. The squad car is referred to as Delta Charlie 27. Yeah, DC. Yeah. Detective Comics mm-hmm. issue number 27 is first appearance of Batman. Boom. Um, so there's... And then inside the football game, there with only 14 seconds left, it's 58-58, and Metropolis State is just beating down on Gotham City. So I guess that's a metaphor to Superman being super powerful to Batman kind of thing, so right? I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even figure to think about that. That seems like it's just... Yeah, I would think it's... Oh, I think it's like the the traditional Metropolis is the city of the future and Gotham is the downtrodden hell on earth oh, kind see? of imagery that we often Boom. see associated with, yeah, see, I like with it. the two characters. Pull that one out there, too. Um, Metropolis State has possession of the football, um, and with 14 seconds left, I think Mazzuccelli even says, he's like, just take a knee, just end the game, mm-hmm. like, that's it, you've won. Um, but instead, we see, um, one of the players on the sideline holding up a sign of, uh, good old President Richard Nixon, um, good old President which I didn't understand at first what that meant, but upon doing some research... Do you guys know what that means? I've always, it, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. I always pulled it out of Watchmen. This watch. This was a very heavy Watchmen minute. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it is a. It is a. It's a reference to both. But then, in terms of the football game, uh, Richard Nixon was known as the guy who never knew when to quit. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why, with 14 seconds left. Uh, Metropolis State is going to go for a, another touchdown pass, a hail mary. They don't need it. They don't even need to do it at this point. At this point, it's just to mock Gotham City, um, and so they do so. Also, by the way, right next to that guy is a benched player. He's wearing the number fifty-two, right next to the Richard Nixon guy. Hold on, not hold on. I'm sorry, that wasn't that wasn't meant for you. That was <laughs> it was kind of meant for you because I feel like. Oh, whoops. Oh, you're looking for the Nixon guy? No, I'm... He's looking for the Nixon guy. I'm looking guy. for... Numbers? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. Because... <laughs> there it, were so many numbers. Because even on the billboard, there's another number yeah. in there. No, okay, so their, their, their badge number, or whatever, is Delta 20, Delta... Charlie. Charlie 27. 27. But their car number is 224. yeah. That's, Did you have that one written I down wrote in it, Detective Comics? Every time I saw a number in this minute, I just wrote it down. Because it's like, I mean, like if you're making a movie, you yeah. have to put, like if you have to put a number on something. You have to relate it to you something. You have to pull it from something. Like you have to be like, oh, I mean, this is like your chance to do that. You yeah. Know? Like we did Spider-Man Minute and we found out that uh, the cop car was um, Steve Ditko's birth date or year, birth yeah. year. <laughs> So um, it's like nothing is what nothing innocent. What? I don't know. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing is, is like nothing, nothing is, is unintentional. Unintentional. Yeah. Do you have anything for? I didn't mean to cut you off on wherever we were going on, but uh, you know, Detective Comics two two four. Do you remember? You don't remember. Do you see, know what I wrote that one? The, I, maybe Joe remembers. I think that was. I one. don't know. That's where. <laughs> that's where like, 
Was it both of them? It was Robin. Yeah. They got like body armor. They got like armor. And that's like kind of kind of like Miller pulled from to have like the bat the I did like look later up on Detective Comics two two four and it was Batman and Robin, but they were like some guy invented some sort of weapon that could Yeah, them, and they and they like had to have like armor on them and it was okay. like something to so protect them. So okay. I did write that down and I was like I don't know if that's right, but that's that vi- the, that villain guy. He was the same dude from The Watchmen, though. Wow. Okay, so you you know this, but I I looked at the cover <laughs> of Detective. Like Comics. I should probably be looking up actual names and stuff, but now I'm just like trying to think back, and it's like, yeah, that's the same guy from The Watchmen. That. Is... What do you mean it's the same guy from The Watchmen? What the hell following. was the guy's name that died in the movie Watchmen? He looked like a. What was his name? Rorschach. No, Rorschach? no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was a very very vague question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not following through. Um, a lot of people died in that movie. When the comedian <laughs> yes. was in the movie, this is in the movie, when the mm. comedian was all like confessing his sins or whatever to his his villain that he had. Comedian did that yeah. or Rorschach no, no, no. who killed that guy for being like a No, Rorschach was interrogating the comedian's ex-villain. At this point, I have just a leave computer it. in at this, front of me, Mark. At this point, I'll leave it to the listeners. No, I got this. And then you guys... Joe, do you not remember anything? I don't remember this. <laughs> Moloch. Moloch. Mollusk. Moloch? Mollusk. Mollusk. Mollusk might be the Moloch. name. Moloch. Moloch. M-O-L-O-C-K? Yes. C-H? M-O-L-O-C-H. So you're telling me that guy's in Detective Comics 224. I don't think it's the same character, but it's the same name. Is it? That's uh, isn't it that an ancient god uh, in some culture? Because I think that name gets used in the silent film Metropolis by Fritz Lang. Well, I think it's is it the same spelling? Because I know M A L Mal A K M A L A K Malak is from M L A. That's from Destiny, isn't it? Okay, M M O L O C H is a Canaanite god associated with child sacrifice. Wolf. And then who? And that's the one that appears in the Fritz Lang film, and I know it gets used as a name for like godlike villain. How do you in spell pop it? Pop culture sometimes. M O L O C H. What about M A L A K? That's from Destiny. No. Okay. I think we're I think we're good here. But also on the <laughs> on the billboard, the number two three four, not two two four, but two three four. What's that one? Should I? I don't. In Detective Comics. So what happened right before I don't know. That? See, that's the thing. You have two numbers that are very similar. They're only off by 10, or really just like 10 digits. This is just becoming a race to whoever can search the internet faster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even doing it. I'm, I'm saying all this out. If you're listening, find out for us. Let us know what the numbers 224 and 234 and how mm-hmm. they relate to the DC Universe um probably detective comics but maybe not maybe it's like batman issue 234 or batman 224 uh batman 234 is a two-face issue it looks like involving a stolen parade float so i don't know that that's what we're looking for oh close (laughs) you never know something happened in there oh no i was gonna try to figure out some some parade float with the tim burton movie but that's that's (laughs) grasping at. that's immediately where i went to grasping at nothing something that is obvious though and requires no deeper research i mm. guess is in the background of the gotham city skyline we see ace chemicals 
Yeah. So there's also on the billboard too. You have a whole list there. I feel like I'm just running over. Your what the feet. the other Watchmen reference? Yeah. The one that's like right in our face. Mm-hmm. The end is nigh. Yep. Good old. Which is like. It's you, not the first time that shows up. That shows up again later on the film. Just yeah. Which, is, but I mean, it's like you have to watch Watchmen, the ultimate cut, to even see that. Because I don't think Rorschach has the or the end is nigh sign holding bit in the theatrical cut. Yeah, huh? It's in the beginning when he's at the at the grave. At the grave. Yeah. I, I thought that, that was an theater. extended. Man, I don't know. I think I've only seen the <laughs> ultimate edition of Watchmen, so I wouldn't know it was in the theatrical cut. Man, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I saw in the theater, but I, that was years ago, man. And then I have seen the ultimate cut since then, so, you know. And then, at the very end of this minute, when the cop car pulls up onto the sidewalk, you get a big look at its front license license plate as GP8-753. The only thing I got out of that was that Greg Rucka wrote Detective Comics 753. But that's all I got out of it. So. Also, going back yeah, to that. I've got, got nothing for that kind of symbolism. I mean, there's like you said, there's so many number, numbers, and they often do jump off the screen in a way where you're like, I wonder what it's a reference to. But some of them definitely are not obvious as to what connection a fan is supposed to make. Yeah. I mean, what if. Now, is it too much of a stretch? <laughs> See, like right now in comics with uh, the whole rebirth and things, mm-hmm. this DC universe is relating to the Watchmen universe. And that's like been like a it's pl- it's been planned out for God knows how long. So you're saying we need, well, there's not. Too yes. Much. Well, look who's in position and, you know, overseeing these movies and stuff right now. And then look who's his buddy, buddy, like Jeff and Zach. I would know my first name. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh you know like hanging out and they're like yo i got this crazy idea and, and then zach's probably like yo i'm gonna throw those into some movies so you remember like um i don't know why this just i mean if it was just one superhero it'd be easy to be like oh if you know if it was an iron man film we started seeing numbers we would just be going to like iron man yeah. 224 iron man 234 but because you have superman you have wonder woman you have lex Luthor, you have um I mean, like, yeah, there's all the other characters. It's like, but like, what if I'm just like relating it to the Watchmen stuff? What if there's like a a Watchmen issue? There was no, not a Watchmen issue, but what if just in universe that all these appearances of this Watchmen stuff is isn't so uh, random? I guess. What if it's supposed to relate to actual multiverse stuff jargon? Could be, and I, you know. It's one of those things it, that I, I wish they would at some point be like, here's what it means. Tell me, you know. Or, I mean, what if this is the whole goal? Not to create a yeah. podcast about it and analyze it, but to have these just conversations. I don't know. Yeah. It feels to me a little more like Zack Snyder just nodding to his own oeuvre. <laughs> in... So you think it's more cocky than anything? Yes, that's that's how I like the, the I mean, if I was references feel. To be honest with you, if I was in the position and I was making movies, yeah, yeah, why not? Come on, if it's a fun thing to make Easter eggs and like you can see it as fan service, why not? So, I mean, is there is there an oversaturation point? So, are you saying that with the multiverse thing in mind and with like rebirth leading to like its doomsday clock story yeah. in DC? Are you saying that? 
uh, Rorschach is somehow in this universe and where he's not supposed to be. Where he's not supposed to be. And he wrote, you got Thomas Wayne. And he as, wrote this end is nigh. Yeah, thing you got Thomas Wayne, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You got uh, even going back to uh, Man of Steel. And in this one, um, well, Patrick Wilson Patrick Wilson is going to be the president. A, is he's the voice of the president. Well, apparently he's going to be an Aquaman. And as whom? Uh, someone. Oh, uh, Ocean Master. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so that could be something. And then and Carla Gugino yeah, was Keylor or whatever. Yeah. Or she's in this one, too. She's just the AI sound of Kryptonians. Yeah. Um, also looking at the billboard, it looks like someone tried to, you know, when you're like, not like you are, but no, like, I am. There's a kid. There's a kid out there who always tries to draw like a swastika, but oh doesn't my really. God, no, I'm not. A, yeah, definitely not you. <laughs> but like, there's always that kid who tries to draw a swastika and does a really bad job because he doesn't know where the tails go, and it like yeah. ends up looking. That's what it looks like on this billboard right here. Uh, over. I'm uh, not gonna. I'm not gonna walk no. around. All right. So I'll 44 walk seconds in. No, I. That's no, all this. good. It looks really bad. It looks like they were like, I don't know. It's always funny when you see those and like, um, like someone tries to scribe it in a bathroom wall and it's like they really messed up and they've been trying really hard to like get it back on track and it's like Wait, you're failing at this. I'm at 44. <laughs> it's on the woman's cheek on the billboard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see it. There's also some like writing. Yeah, I don't. The... I think that's just they just let people go to town and write whatever they wanted to. Go to town. Um. <laughs> When we, so, you know, going, I, I guess everything up until the 46 second mark is really just a bunch of Easter eggs on a page, right? I mean, there's really nothing to pull out of it as far as like context. Yeah. Well, and, and the, I mean, it's Easter egg and then the unsubtle uh, symbolism of Gotham City fighting uh, Metropolis, right? That's basically all that we get for the 45 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess what is I guess the only thing is to pull out of it is what you said, Joe. Where it's like it's just to show Metropolis being a better entity yeah. than Gotham. Um, I like that more one. powerful, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, just just better in every sense, far superior. Um, so then we get to uh, so in the theatrical cut, right before this scene with the bats flying out of the chimney is. Um, the scene with the, um, uh, what was her name? The, the lady in the Nairobi incident. Oh right? yeah. The, the testimony. Yeah. You want me to flip back? What are we, what are we calling back to? Kahina. Yeah. Nahira. No, that was the actual yeah. real lady. Kahina was doing her little thing and then it like does answers to no one, not even I think to God. And then it cuts and it has the bats flying out of the chimney. Oh, you want to call that out? Batman so, doesn't answer to no god if the god in this sense is. As he slams his notebook thing. down. The god in this sense is, yeah. is Superman. Um, so I guess, is this a weapon that's like flying out of the chimney? Is this like, I mean, it's obviously for us. You like I, the Christian Bale thing? Yeah. Probably. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But I mean, <laughs> or is it just to be like, hey kids, guess what? We're about yeah. to see some Batman. That too. Cue the bats flying out of the chimney. That too. I think that's exactly what it is. That's, yeah, that's I, exactly what I wrote. What? Uh-huh. Like, obviously, there's bats flying out. It's an introduction to Batman. <laughs> well, this is the long, slow introduction to Batman. Boy, do we take a little while. <laughs> to, yeah, but do you expect anything? 
well, respect anything less. <laughs> it's better than just being like, oh my Boom, god, there he is. I finally got to have Batman in my film. Now it's time to like just throw Batman in it like right away, right? Yeah. I, I took yeah. see okay. It even took a while to get to Superman. I'll get in. I'll get. I'll I'll do my explanation of why I like this sequence of the Batman introduction. Go I'll for it. That. No, not now. Oh, not now. I'm, I'm, I'll wait maybe till tomorrow when he actually shows up. Yeah, let's. Do no, it no that's tomorrow. not tomorrow. It's Wednesday. That's... Oh, oh crap. So you're gonna have to wait a bit. All right. Um, well, no, you're gonna have to wait. I, a bit. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, I felt like it was the same weapon. As in Batman Begins, which I, I, I I'm going to, in my See, head- like, I didn't even think, I just assumed. And is that bad of me? To just, like, assume, like, yeah, yeah he could. He used that, he used that sonic device. Yeah, he's just, that's just what he, I mean, it's, it, that's thinking more of the. Uh, but he does that in Batman Year One anyways, doesn't he? The book? the Doesn't he use the bat thing? It's been a long time. It's been a, uh, yeah, it's been so long. I'm not, I, I don't remember. <laughs> but I remember yeah. watching. Uh, I remember watching the animated film not too long ago in Batman yeah, Year One. Like HBO or and something. I remember, in some, I don't know. Sometimes they adapt things differently to be yeah. like, oh, let's take Year One and then let's take Batman Begins and we'll make a love child and we'll put it in animated form and we'll call it a day. So now I'm thinking, at some point they do that in the animated film to be like, oh, let's kind of make it look like Batman Begins, so... Maybe. Um, There's always going to be a bigger, a greater audience for the animated thing, in my opinion, and then that's what It's more people, accessible. And, yeah, and that's what people relate it to, because, I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. It's like, oh, you know, let it happen in the one movie. It's like, did that happen in the book it was adapted from? Probably not. Um, and this whole, like, this whole week, basically, or, like, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday is all this whole Batman sequence, which really just feels like a giant live-action version of Batman Year One. It just so happens to not be. Yeah, the whole abandoned building thing it doesn't feel that way. You don't get that Year One vibe. Like the book, not like it's actually his first year. But. I don't know. It's hard for me. That phrase and mindset of a Batman Year One is kind of uh, soiled for me, I guess. If that's- Why? It's not like in a in a bad way. It's just like it's just so stale. Where like the only thing I can relate it to is either some flashes of memory of that book on some panels, but then like I just immediately go back to Batman Begins and that kind of I don't I don't know how to explain that that kind of theming I guess, um, and that I I don't know. It's hard to. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. You know what I mean? No, nope, you don't know. What absolutely I mean. not. Nobody knows what I mean because I have these weird opinions about Batman sometimes, and I just can't <laughs> explain them. And then you know they come up to me and they say, "Hey, you want to do a podcast and talk about it?" And I say, "No." And they make me. Joe, do, it do anyway. you uh, do you feel like there's a year one influence here? The only thing that feels particularly year one is the cop, like not the one who's like, "I saw him. He's real." You know that kind of reaction to Batman, which feels. Very year one where Batman's kind of an urban legend. At this point, I would assume the cops must know Batman exists, but <laughs> there's there's still this kind of awe from the one cop uh, in, at being in the same building where Batman has just um, tortured someone. See, and that's what I was going to have to say, wait until Wednesday. That, what Joe just described as the super su- superstitious uh, Batman, as the Batman, is one of my favorite aspects of the character. So this yes. whole sequence of... 
I mean, like even back when, see, I have to jump into it. Like, okay, we'll wait. We'll yeah, wait. We'll, yeah, let's not. We'll let's, wait. Let's save. Like, this let's is save. a teaser for the listeners. Yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> let's save it. Let's save it. Um, well, then, do you guys have anything else for today? Uh, no. That covers what I had. Yeah. Who do you think Rorschach would be in this universe if he was like misplaced? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Who do you? Is that just like? Is that a call the Batman? No, I was. Oh, his question. You're talking about that? Like, who's the DC equivalent? No, no, not the DC equivalent, but, like, in just in this universe right now, if we're, like, calling that, if, you know, maybe he hasn't showed up. Never mind. End, I would, end the episode. I would just say it's just Rorschach, and he's not supposed to be here on this Earth, but he somehow is. he got on this Earth, and he's like, whoa, what's going on here? Why am I on this planet? <laughs> whoa. What do you mean Richard Nixon's not president, and what do you mean so it's... he's the one holding up the yeah. sign. Where are you? He's like, I'm what, do you, what do you mean the year is 2016, and it's not the 80s anymore? Yeah. Anyways, alrighty guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you love everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. You can also find us at TwoOldMedia.com where you can find the rest of our shows. And if you want to join us, some of our past guests, and some of our other listeners, you can find us at the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society Facebook group. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.